0: daddy is weird is it
1: yeah If i
0: sat like this does he call you daddy can i sit like this you can sit like that if you want i mean your crotch will i be just
2: like of... making you uncomfortable chris
0: well uh, mission accomplished congratulations this is the part of the show where you open some kind of can really obnoxiously you want to do that now or <laughs> no i'm gonna
2: wait like two minutes yeah. once you're like into your like intro oh okay well
0: welcome back everyone this is the number one financial literacy podcast in the entire world Welcome back to the show, everybody. I can't believe you didn't let me do the intro. It's The Higher Standard. Hmm. That is one half of the the in-front-of-the-camera host, but there is a third host, Arun. Say hello back there. Hello, everybody. Yeah, he was just lamenting to us about how his audio doesn't sound as compelling when you hear it on a streaming platform because he sounds a little subdued and not so loud. (laughs) Right? Right. So, if you're listening to this and he sounds, you know, passive and quiet and tame, just know he's a lot more obnoxious in person. Is I a,
1: is really am. Yeah, there you go. See? You know, he's really not. Come on. I'm Mr. Unnecessary. You're not ob- Mr. Obnoxious. You're Mr. Unnecessary. That's true. <laughs> the first time this guy met my cousin, my cousin Weiss. You know my cousin Weiss?
0: I know your cousin Weiss well.
1: Yeah. yeah we're driving alongside him. This is the first time he met him. I forget where. Probably at a Chipotle or something. He's driving alongside next to him, finishes his drink, has a cup full of ice, decides to hang out the window and just throw the cup of ice at him. Why? Why? I have no idea why. Nothing? no just, comment
2: no just, just young me. and stupid period i mean i've okay, done yeah. my share young, i feel like young. young
0: and stupid is insulting that young people are stupid but that, that's just you i mean whatever you feel like
2: oh yeah chris was the smartest youngest person ever right like just no mistakes ever
0: wow the sass level tonight is undeniable palpable yeah did you but, need some sugar or something back there <laughs> <laughs> it's like blood sugar related issues or are you just cranky in general did you eat dinner
2: so no response to you being young and stupid I love Just this. right over your head.
0: All righty then. So today's show is brought to you by nobody still.
1: Yeah, no sponsors. Yeah. What's going on?
0: I wonder why. <laughs> because we had rune talk to the one sponsor that offered. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, hold on. That's not fair. That's not fair. You came in over the top. That
0: was your fault. Hey, he was going with the Young and Stupid stuff for like the last 10 minutes. Come on. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot about homes in the market today. There will be some... Um, pointed words pointed towards zillow i know there are a lot of zillow employees who listen to the show and like it we do love and appreciate you this is not a knock on you but it's a knock on your company a little and bit. we like redfin a little bit more a little bit more and by a little bit more we find one truthful and one not truthful so do with that which will mm.
2: we're
0: gonna talk about one in four u.s home buyers want to move to a different city and we got a list we love lists here mm. We're going to talk about it's getting harder to even uh, to afford a starter home for most people in the U.S., something we alluded to in the last show. We talked about how there's a squeezing out of, of uh, the middle class.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we're going to pivot to the Zillow article that uh, I talked about and some of the data that they've put out. Home prices have bottomed according to them, and you're never going to believe where they think they're going to go. Mm. Then if there's time, we'll talk about all the stuff that Said wants to talk about, which is obviously less important. <laughs>
1: There you go. Yeah. I like that you're honest.
0: Honest five-star reviews (laughs) for honest financial literacy.
1: There you go. That's what we do here. And what Chris is referring to is you can go ahead on Apple or on Spotify and leave that honest five-star review. A lot of you have not. We would appreciate it greatly if you did. Or go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe, hit that like button, hit that notification bell, do all the good good. All right. I've I've
0: got a loving... Criticism to admit openly in the show. Okay. I don't want you to be
1: upset about this. I don't like doing it either, but they told us we have to. I, who's they? We they. work for us. <laughs> like, they. what do you mean? Yeah. They, the I'm pretty sure
0: no one's gone, like, oh shit, let me put my phone down. Let me log off. I mean, let me leave a review right now. Right now. <laughs> because we said that. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm sure, come on. A few have. Do you, do you really think, let me ask you a question. Honestly, you and Arun, Arun. Have you ever been watching like a YouTube video and someone had like a little graphic that popped up and said, subscribe, and you were like, oh shit, I almost got to
1: subscribe. I'm not going to lie. I have seen that like button and I've been like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up. But
0: yeah. you never subscribe because of that, right?
1: No, 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 no. Arun?
0: I do.
2: Sometimes I'll forget, like I'll listen, I'll be listening to someone for a week or something. I'll be like, wait, why am I not subscribed yet? And okay. All right.
0: What are you doing? Are you trying to get people to not subscribe to us? No, I'm just, I just don't think there's a lot of penetration there. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing. One in All right. F- <laughs> Come on, man. To, that was good. I had to let That's just SAT vocabulary. Why are you okay? This according to CNBC Make It. One in four US home buyers want to move to a different city. Here's the number one place they're looking. And when I give you the list, after reading a couple paragraphs of information, I'm gonna ask you a question because there is a resounding common factor with this list. Okay? Mm-hmm. Nearly 26% of property search queries on online real estate brokerage redfin.com are for cities where potential home buyers don't live based on the data for the three months ending June 2023. That's the highest percentage since 2017. Wow. When Redfin first started tracking migration data. So, relatively new data they're tracking, right? Mm -hmm. Home ownership costs seem to be driving the trend as the majority of home buyers are from cities with some of the highest home prices in the country, such as New York or Los Angeles. Based on an analysis of 100 metro areas, the following 10 cities had the highest net inflow of property searches on Redfin's website. Net inflow, just to be clear, is the number of people looking to move into a city minus the number of people looking to leave. Right, all right. This list in no particular order. We have the reverse coming up soon. Looking net inflow, people going in more in than coming out. I think it is in a particular order though. It is well, no, this this list, but the next list we have, we have ten more after this. Okay. Got it. This list number one: Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. People looking to at move in tax shelter.
1: Okay, I know a lot of people that are that have made or are projecting to make a lot of money actually move there as they're not domicile mm-hmm. but that gets really tricky right you the, the irs will audit you you
0: know they'll look at like who your doctors are yeah. where your spending is how many days out of the year you spent outside of your domicile
1: right because you like, have to be there for x amount of days they right? even look at like your
0: veterinarian like where's your veterinarian located i mean they, they go deep yeah real deep, real deep yeah Back so roll. number two phoenix arizona number three tampa florida Number four, Orlando, Florida. Mm. Number five, Sacramento, California. That one was surprising to me. Right. Number six, North Point, Sarasota, Florida. Number seven, Cape Coral, Florida. Number eight, Dallas. Number nine, Miami. And number 10, Houston. What
1: did you notice out of that top 10 list there, kids? Five out of 10 were in Florida.
0: Florida dominates the hell out of this list. I did catch that. Dominates the hell out of they the list. They caught
1: it, right? And uh, if you notice that a lot of them are war- have warmer climates, mm-hmm. uh, many facing increasing risk of natural disasters. So it, yep. you know what's crazy about this? That uh, Phoenix had a 31-day streak of temperatures of 110 degrees. God damn. That broke the record of 18 days. Did you know that?
0: Uh, I actually did read that, and I actually read something else that I don't know if it's necessarily true or not, but people were saying that it was so hot in certain areas in Phoenix that people's tail lamps in their cars were melting. What? I call it bullshit, but that, that was what the article said.
1: I mean, you would have seen it, right? I mean, you would have seen some pictures. Somebody would have recorded it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if they were soft and you could, like, put your finger in them and bend them, I would have been bending everybody's in the way to the grocery store. What? Doink! 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 I no? mean, he
1: answers the villain question himself.
0: That's not villain. That's just cheeky comedy. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fingerprint in my in my tail eye, honey? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Somebody poke it? Why is it mushroom shaped? Right. All right. So here's the next ten list. I like this one because there's also another visible commonality, mm-hmm. which not everyone's gonna get. Here are the ten metros with the largest net outflows of property searches, which measures the number of search queries interested in leaving a metro area minus the number of search inquiries about moving into that same city. So this will have the net outflows. Right. Number one on the list as far as outflows, no shocker, this city is still looking for their Batman, San Francisco. Yeah. It, it is It is sad what has happened to that city. Number two, kind of surprised me, New York City.
1: Why? Why would it surprise you? They're all leaving to go to Florida. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, clearly, right? I mean, if you're in mm-hmm. New York, Florida's the way to go. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and I got a list that actually proves that. Huh? But I wanted you to finish yours first. Number three, Los Angeles. Los mm. Angeles. It's just getting way too expensive, man. Number four, Washington D.C. Fifteen thousand seven hundred. Number wow. five, Chicago, which, by the way, arguably my favorite U.S. city,
0: unless you're on the South Side. Not so safe there. Not so safe. But I had a great time in Chicago. It's beautiful. My wife loves it. It's right. very, very clean. Very nice city. Mm-hmm. I, I love the, the architecture. The winters are cold though. Architecture is beautiful.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's right. And it's hard to say coming from someone that only experiences two seasons a year, and that's even arguable.
0: Yeah, right? you, you got one. I got one season: you got summer and summer life. Yeah,
1: I, don't, I can't. I can't. I'm not cut out to go live somewhere with four seasons. No, you're not that guy. I'm not. Yeah, shoveling snow.
0: Yeah, you just don't have the body mass for it. You know, too lean. Right. Too lean. Too too ripped. Number six: Boston. Number seven: Seattle. Number eight: Hartford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Number nine: Denver. Number ten: Detroit. Arun, Saeed, what
1: is the commonality? Hmm. What is the commonality? I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know this one.
0: Some would say, although there's a compelling argument that not all, that certainly the majority of these are Democratic-dominated states.
1: Oh, okay. But I have a feeling like that's not the reason why. The, the reason has to be that the median sales price for these places are significantly higher than you know, your national averages. And yet, there seems to be more Democrats in
0: these particular states,
1: yeah, in these cities. So, uh, nine out of the ten most popular destinations that first list that Chris gave have lower median sale prices um, than others. And if you look at the median sales price and monthly mortgage payments in comparison, so the median sales price in Las Vegas, mm. which was the number one destination, four hundred and twelve thousand dollars. That's just shy of the national average. The average, the median mortgage payment there. Twenty seven hundred dollars. Not bad. Not bad. Right. Doable. You can understand why people would need to move there because it's more affordable. Still considerably cheaper than both of your palazzos. Compare that to. We won't even get into San Francisco. San Francisco's median sale price is one point four million. We're talking four hundred. What did I say? Four hundred twelve thousand to one point four million. People are like, home prices don't need to come down. They can keep going up. You're like, really? Come on, man. With with a median monthly mortgage payment of nine thousand two hundred dollars. What are y'all doing out there? They're working for tech companies. Ooh,
2: <laughs> we're working for tech companies. Yeah. Dude, and then add in the HOA and that stuff too. Oh,
0: Actually, I don't think they have a whole lot of HOAs in San Francisco, right? Do they own, but oh, no, he lived there.
2: Um, yeah, I have a few friends that own other places there, and they all have HOAs of like 1,200 or more.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Our listener base is 1,200? CF. Yep, Jesus. That's a lot. I, mean, I thought 200 was expensive. <laughs> yeah, I know, we're over here complaining about, I mean, I bought a house that had no HOA. Don't don't flex.
0: No. <laughs> because you have got a villa and a palazzo no, and all but, this acreage I mean your... there's
1: there's an argument to be made why HOAs are good too
0: though. So when they bring the helicopter to your house, do you like take the golf cart to you've the been, actual house? You've
1: been to my house. It gets a little crammed in there with two other families in. No, I understand. So you use the guest house. No, stop. Why are you doing that? Do what? That's you're lying.
0: I'm just asking with all the that space, like do you actually do you really just stay in one house or do you use the other <laughs> Parts of
1: the compound. No, there's it's not a compound. It's a shack.
0: Where you keep your
1: golf carts? Or- oh, Jesus. So, Seattle, the median sale price over there, 826000 mm. Also understand why people want to get out of there? With a median uh, monthly mortgage payment of $5,400. And
0: Seattle's degraded as far as safety goes, too. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on there, which has been kind of questionable since- right. During the pandemic, frankly.
1: So um, on your list for the, uh, Las Vegas being the number one destination. Shocking. The, the top origin of people looking to get into Las Vegas is Los Angeles. Okay. This is from Redfin. Um, second top destination was Phoenix.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Top origin was Seattle. Yeah. People from Seattle looking to come all the way down. Look, like, we're tired of this rain. I don't think it's the rain anymore in Seattle. I don't think that's the, the vibe. I don't, I don't think that's what it is. But, like, I, if I was living in Seattle, I couldn't have moved to Phoenix because I couldn't give up McDreamy. Like, that's just part, part of who I am why, now. Why do
0: you bait me with this? <laughs> you know my stance on this shit.
1: Well,
0: I'm, I'm invested, man. That's it. You, you are so happy when you talk about this stupid-ass show, which <laughs>
1: is no longer on the air, by the way. Wait, hold on. It's not? Yes, it is. They're making another season. No, they're not. I think they are. No, they're not. S.A. Odin, do you know? No, I stopped watching. You stopped watching. Because he's normal. <laughs> but he got 12 he's seasons I got 12 seasons in. 12 I seasons in. <laughs> Come on.
0: At least he's acknowledging it. That's I'm, fine. I'm going to get there. Tw- there is no show I'm ever going to watch 12 seasons of. It's a lot. It, there's, there's, no, there's no. Stop with the Patrick Dempsey pictures, okay? Honestly,
1: not, did, he didn't get enough credit during his heyday. Good,
0: he's a good looking. T- what do you mean his heyday? This guy's still. He's a race car driver now. Is he really? He, this guy's the ultimate stud. So look, there you go. No, I'm not hate. look, I I give credit where it's due. Like you dude, wish you could... had his
1: hair. Fuck yes. <laughs> yes <it does. laughs> no question. Are you kidding me? So you're a Patrick Zepsi guy and I'm a Paul Walker guy.
0: I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna be a better man. You okay. Are? I'm trying so hard. Okay. So hard to be a better human right now. Okay. Oh <laughs> right. And what bothers me too is ever since you said the Drake thing to people in the office, people literally send me memes of Drake going, How's Saeed today? Why are- what? It's so terrible. How come you're not
1: screenshotting and sending us? Because I'm me? not
0: giving you the satisfaction. What is your favorite Drake
2: song? Hotline Bling.
1: Hotline Bling. <laughs> you can't even say it.
2: So. Come on, do the dance, Chris. <laughs> I don't know the dance. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to how dance. I yeah. cannot dance
0: to save my ass. Yeah. There's there's skills I have, skills I do not have. Dancing is clearly one of them.
1: Right. So um, the for the housing market, the median sale price of a home in June nationally, the average is. $425,000. This is up by 7000 from May, about 1.7%. And realtors have been all over this, by the way.
0: They're citing the hell out of this. Is like, oh, look, home values are going back up. And uh, we're, we're going to get into a specific statistic later on today mm-hmm. as it pertains to the last three recessions that I think is really, really compelling for a lot of the optimism in the economy and will really provide some good perspective. So right. stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you where that part of the show is, largely because I don't know yet. Right. And because it's going to keep you a little entrenched in the show.
1: Right. So, um, from that top destination list, something that I—the last thing I want to make sure that is—I is, think is notable. Oh, good. I was hoping it stopped. It's <laughs> going on a this, long time. This is really well. This is notable, right? Because it's all—it's all from New York. These destinations, the the people from New York are trying to move to, Tampa. Let's see, Orlando, Northport, uh, Florida, and Miami and Houston. So New York everyone from New York is trying to get the fuck out. Wow. Why?
0: Eloquent. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because have you been in New York recently?
2: Mm.
0: All right. So I used to go to New York a lot on business and I hadn't been, uh, for a number of years, even before the pandemic. And I had to go to a, remember when I was in the show, we talked about it on the show, I was to the Raymond James conference out yeah. there. Yep. I went to that the year before and that's when I really noticed it. So every time I'm in New York, I try to make some time to go walk in Central Park. If I can run great, but generally if I don't have time, I have only have one bag, which I typically travel with like one backpack and that's it. I'll just go. I walked around after the conference was over. And it's, it's, the conference is in Midtown. I just walked right to the park. Mm-hmm. And there was like no one out. It was visibly like empty. In the park, I'd never seen it that empty before. Ever. Really? And it was just really, really weird. And then you started seeing like evidence of crime in certain places. Oh. The, the vibe of the city had changed. I remember going there when the Skyliner, the Highline, uh, that, that little like old railroad track by, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, um, by the Google building down there had opened up, and there's Equinox over there, and it opened up. And there's all these people on the High Line. It was beautiful, and now um, it was it looked empty, man. Last couple times I've been in New York, it's been like that. It's it's been, I mean, it looks busy for like a normal city, but it's a shadow of what New York used to be.
1: I never got to appreciate New York for what it is because um, my I've only actually been there once. What? Yeah. I've only been there once. Wow! Be- because the last time I went, I realized uh, quickly realized that if you don't have like money to spend, it's kind of hard to enjoy New York. Wow! You turned that into a like a diss? No, no, I'm being genuine. You, you don't think so? I mean, you haven't gone to New York and not spent money before. Yeah, I have. Really? I,
0: dude, the first several times I went to New York, I was going as like a college kid. You know, just staying by the uh, NYU campus and you know, having falafel and Mahmoud's yeah. falafel at two o'clock in the morning by yeah.
1: NYU. I was living, when we went there with my wife and I, it was our, it was like her, our one year wedding anniversary gift to me, tickets to New York. And we went and we were living off halal guys.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were out there first. Yeah. I remember that when I, my trips to New York was one of the first times I realized there were Iranians. And I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm half Iranian. There were Iranians with a New Jersey accent who spoke Farsi out there. And I was in line at Mahmoud's Falafel at like 2 o'clock in the morning. There was a girl behind me talking to her friend in Farsi, but with a New Jersey accent. Yeah. Tripped me out. Really? It it was the strangest thing I'd ever heard. Yeah. Because I'd I'd heard, like, in the north of Iran, there's Asians. Because it's, I mean, Afghanistan, Asia, and then literally China's, like, right next door. Right. So you have, like, all this Asian influence in the north of Iran. There's literally Asian-looking people who have, like, Asian-sounding accents, but who speak Farsi. Right. And it's, I've heard that before, but the New Jersey thing tripped me out. It was wild. Yeah. 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 So, Arun, did you skip an article? I feel like like you did. No, that's the next one. Okay, we're going good. Uh, Yeah, right there. One in four. That's the one. That's the one you just That's the one we just did. Just kidding.
1: (laughs) Come on, guy. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to call my ass out.
0: No, I'm not trying to call your beautiful ass out. So, it's getting even harder to afford a starter home in the U.S., according to Bloomberg Business. Mm. Affordable homes for the first-time buyers have disappeared from the U.S. real estate market. If this is a shocker to anybody right now, I got to tell you, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Okay, <laughs> yeah, We've been trying on. to stress this for quite some time. Uh, with mortgage rates near 7%, affording the record $243,000 price tag on the average entry-level home in the U.S. is increasingly out of reach for first-time buyers. And that's if a starter home can even be found. A lot of people are turning to new construction. We've covered that on previous shows. First-time home buyers must now earn $64,500 a year to ensure the cost of an average entry-level home doesn't exceed 30% of their income, according to Redfin. And that 30% barometer is the traditional agency financing moniker. That's, generally speaking, what you need to be able to afford it from a cash flow perspective. The ability to repay rule, which rolled out under Dodd-Frank in the Mm -hmm. Federal Reform Act after the Great Recession. Right. That's up $57,222 a year. From a year ago. Uh, there's a lot more in the article, but here is kind of the inflection point. I think one of the key things to know, and this is actually a great chart, is that we are reaching a point where if what everyone is saying is true and home values is going to continue to rise, that... The future is incredibly ominous. we spoke about the crushing of the middle class and people not having the ability to invest into real estate or buy a home, which is their largest source of worth. We're going to pull up that chart. Starter homes uh, disappear from the U.S. housing market. Number of affordable properties in the U.S. has plunged. This goes back to before 2014 and it shows you a chart just up until now. And it shows you the active listings have really trended almost in a 45-degree angle downward. I mean, it's, it's pretty... Visibly noticeable. Of course, this is also Redfin data, which we like,
1: and the other data provider we don't like happens to be Zillow. Yes. But so this chart right here, this is for active listings for starter homes, right? Yes, just starter homes. I pulled up, I pulled up some data from Redfin that um, that says right now there's 1.5 million uh, listings right now, homes for sale, Mm. right? That's about a two month supply. To put things into perspective, right? Uh, we, there would need to be three and a half to four million listings, which would equate to roughly about a four to seven month supply for the market. So, I mean, what do you have? What are your thoughts on if? Do you think that if rates were to come down eventually, whenever they do come down, mm-hmm. um, that that could potentially spark more listings, and would that negatively or positively impact this market? What, how do you think it could negatively impact the market? Um, like, for instance, more people would sell and then prices would continue to go up because people are buying and they were going to go in back into outbidding each other? Or by having more inventory on the market, would it re, re, you know, cause prices to come down? I think in the beginning,
0: there will be a pretty strong jump back in the market for everybody who's been pushed on the sidelines. Yes. So there's been so much consternation and frustration of people who want to buy that have been pushed out that as home values start to come down and inventory starts to come in, mm-hmm. and you're going to see a lot more inventory come in before home values come down. That's just the way this works, right? What's going to happen is you're going to see a lot of buying activity, which is going to artificially keep home value prices up from, from what would otherwise would be the lows for a period of time.
1: But there's still that affordability issue that we know about.
0: Correct. So I, I think that initial pop won't be as sustained as otherwise would because of the affordability issue. There are people who can buy a home now, even at these rates, but have been unable to find a home, mm-hmm. right? So the ones who will get access to a home will buy because they're so frustrated. They've been waiting on the sidelines for so long. They can afford the 7%, you know, whatever the interest rates are. They can afford the home prices they are today, and they're going to buy because they're just frustrated. They need the utility of that home.
1: Right. And what, But there's also a component about this that I thought was really interesting um, that you and I talked about on a previous episode, how this is going to ultimately push out, you know, the middle class, right? Mm-hmm. It's only going to widen the gap between the wealthy and, you know. And this is not
0: a theoretical. This is already happening Mm -hmm. because people who can't buy now are losing years and years and years of upside appreciation because they just haven't been able to get their foot in the
1: door. Right. And so, but what does this do for, what what do you think that could do to potentially the stability of the economy? Because locking in people for 30-year mortgages Mm. gives you, you know, being able to predict What's going to happen with the economy? Because people are going to have to keep their jobs, right, in order to pay that
0: mortgage down. Well, you are already seeing some of that, right? There, there's, if you look on social media, and I, I do this all the time, I almost envy this lifestyle sometimes. You're seeing a tremendous amount of people, much more than I've ever seen in my entire life, going into like van life or like this nomadic mm-hmm. traveling lifestyle. People are building out vans and traveling with no rent. And they're looking for micro mini homes. I, I when I was flying into, I think it was Houston there was a track of many homes,
2: mm-hmm.
0: no garage, real small, maybe 500 square foot. And there's like a, just an entire track of these really, really small homes all the way across. And those alternatives are popping up, but you're seeing people tr- try to deviate from the standard. I almost equate it to kind of like the hippie era where people were like, live life and be free. And people are so focused on life work balance and you know, 40s, the new 30, and, and being younger for longer, that they've almost embraced this, I can't buy a home. And they're like, well, that's okay, because now I can go and do whatever I want. I'm going to travel and see the world. I'm going to be in a van. I'm going to work remotely. And then you layer in remote work and all these other things. You've got a culture whose values are changing. And the old focus on, I want to get married, have a family. In order to do that, I need to have a home.
1: The American dream. The
0: American know. dream has changed. And because it's changing, we're not seeing the data move quite the same as we once thought it was going to. Because remember, data is our best indicator for future activity, but it's not the only indicator.
1: Right. I mean, what really scares me about this whole process is the only way to correct this issue, right, is that was Christopher, not Odun, for the no. record.
0: Yeah, it was. Thank you. <laughs> You're, welcome. <laughs> You're <laughs> so welcome. You're so handsome.
1: Um, the only way to really correct this issue is for there to be an influx of inventory back onto the market, right? The way that happened back in, during the great financial crisis.
0: Well, right? I mean, keep in mind, inventory can come on by new deliveries to the market. But that's
1: going to take a decade. It can I mean, come on
0: by new listings, right? Right. It can also come on by the purchase volume dropping so dramatically mm-hmm. that the listings that you see there... Are being on there for longer, allowing more listings that come on at the same cadence, right. to mount up.
1: So in in 2010, there were 2.9 million homes that were put back onto the market because of foreclosures, mm. right?
0: I don't think you're gonna get you're gonna get that.
1: No, no. Right now, estimates are 120 thousand by the end of the year. So we're There's not nothing. even we're not even remotely close. Yeah. And then whatever you're hearing online about short-term rentals eventually coming back on the market via Airbnb or VRBO. They only make up 1% of the market. Yeah. So that's also not
0: enough. Yeah, right? but ev- everybody online on social media telling you that you can get into Airbnb arbitrage will tell you they've got, I've got 50 of these things, Saeed. Right. I've got
1: 100 of these things, Saeed. But for people sitting around hoping that, okay, maybe Airbnb arbitrage is going to take a crash and all those units are going to come back on the market, hold up, hold up. That only makes up one less than 1% yeah, of the not entire bad. market. it's not gonna, It's not going to be enough. And- we know that 92% of homeowners right now have an interest rate on their mortgage of 6% or less. Yeah. So something's going to have to happen. We know savings accounts are being depleted, and that's the only thing that I can really see that could affect this. Where savings accounts get so low that people get too afraid that they'll need to sell their home in order to preserve whatever equity they have.
0: So some food for thought, and then I'm going to leave you kind of with a hanging question because I'm going to go to that aforementioned foreshadowing detail later on in the show and then we'll we'll kind of come back to this okay because i want I, I want you to take that and i want you can comp- so here's here's we know that most americans have fixed debt the only variable debt they have are the home equity lines of credit and their credit cards correct okay most everything else their auto loans their car, their home loans those are all generally speaking fixed student loans for right. the most part student loans again fixed very few Americans have a high exposure to adjustable rate products. So because of that, they're not experiencing the same kind of volatility as businesses are for their lines of credit for their lending. So businesses will have an impact as well. So that being said, there's one more thing I want to layer in besides the question mark of what's going to be the, the I guess, the impetus, the catalyst for all this, right? But take that. Let's move on to this next article and then we'll get there. Okay? Okay. This next article we have long criticized Zillow. This article I love because, well, number one, it, it does make some interesting challenges, but it gives you a little bit of history as as to why criticism of Zillow can be warranted. Now, before we get there, Arun Saeed, have you had any experiences with Zillow where you thought they may have been a little bit overzealous in some of their some of their data?
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> Selling my home, mm. my home in Riverside. I remember. The value that it had listed, the, the day we ended up putting it on the market, it, well, for whatever we listed it at, immediately adjusted my Zillow value, my Zestimate, mm-hmm. up to my list price. Yeah. Yep. Same day. Arun, your thoughts on that? Same thing. Okay. Uh,
0: so here's what I'll tell you Zillow, people look at it as like this free resource. If you're not paying for it, you are data. You are the product. And they're selling your data to real estate agents. And the real estate agents are, and other, you know, third-party companies. So if you think that Zillow is like this wonderful free resource, look, there is some value in their estimates and that they can take track homes and come up with an approximation. And I stress the word approximation of your home value. But if you think that their interest lies with catering to you, you are vastly mistaken. They cater to the realtors who buy their data because that is their primary income stream, okay? So Zillow, according to Yahoo Finance, is so sure that U.S. home prices have bottomed that it just issued bullish calls for these 48 housing markets. And I've got a good three paragraphs here to go over. The third one is the sexiest, trust me. (laughs) And again, we like Redfin because their, their business model is financially very different than Zillow's. And because of that, we felt... We've experienced, at least in my experience. Yeah, I agree. agree. Redfin's data has been probably more in tune with the market. Yeah. While Zillow economists expect national home prices to rise 6.3% over the coming 12 months, their forecast model predicts that 48 of the nation's 200 largest housing markets will see increases of 7% or greater over the next 12 months. Yikes. Wow, man. That's a... That's a lot of dollars. It makes me feel for people that are waiting on the sidelines. And it does. And it speaks to a lot of the concerns that we've had. While Zillow thinks U.S. home prices have bottomed, something that economists at CoreLogic and the AEI Housing Center also believe not every firm agrees. Firms like one of my newly found favorites, Moody's Analytics and Morgan Stanley, think that U.S. home prices have a little more to give up. and it's. Supposed to happen as the market enters into seasonally slower second half of the year. So, if we're entering into a slower second half of the year, which is seasonally slower. Right.
1: I got to think that Zillow is probably wrong and Moody's Analytics is probably right. So, why, why is this time of the year you know, seasonally slower? People get back in school. Kids get back in school. Right. And because the kids are back in school. People don't want to move. So, you go from like a very active
0: summer session right. to a slower kind of winter session yeah and that that's really the primary driver for it is kids being in school yeah now let's go on to my favorite part of this article the open willingness to criticize zillow's data by using historical performance from zillow in terms of forecast models zillow's model is consistently on the bullish side this is not the first time at the height of the pandemic housing boom last spring zillow economists remained bullish and predicted that national home prices would skyrocket another, are you ready for this, 17.8% between February of 2022 and February of 2023. The actual result, national home prices as measured by Zillow Home Value Index rose 4.4% between those two periods, that one-year period. So
1: off just by a little bit?
0: Their own index, their own measure showed them presumptively, results of 4.4% versus right. their 17.8% they predicted. Right. Wildly inaccurate. Wildly
1: inaccurate. I mean, they're, they're what, 75% off? Mm-hmm. So if, if with rates being where they are today, do you know where they are today? Do you mind looking this up? 30-year uh, fixed rate mortgage. I think I want to say about, with a good credit score from, uh, from uh, Fannie or Freddie is uh, 6.8%. Mm. Um, if, here's, an, here's an example. Oof. I don't think what? that's yeah, but that's not goes can you scroll down a little bit? It says thirty year fix at seven point seven six four percent. hmm Right. Uh damn, that's a lot. But if you were to buy a three hundred fifty thousand dollar home, which I understand is less than the median You
0: were a full seat. point off. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, but that's what that's what I had. Can you check uh Fanny or freddie Um in the background while you're looking this up. If you buy a $350,000 home with a 20% down payment, the monthly payment for principal and interest on that 30-year loan at 6.8% interest is roughly $1,825, right? So people are going to be waiting off on the sideline, and, and if, if, pri- if uh, rates come down, there you go. So Freddie Mac
0: percent. a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage at 6.81% today. Mm. Okay, well,
1: you were not wrong. Thank you.
0: I stand corrected.
1: Thank you, Odin, for pulling that up. You're uh, welcome. Everything I'm going to prove Chris wrong.
0: <laughs> I thought it was anything to get it up for Said. <laughs>
1: that, that same loan at 6% rate brings the monthly payments down to $1,678. That's a $147 savings Did you each guys month.
0: have a conversation in the car I don't know about? He came in real saucy today.
1: You know what? I feel like he didn't like you when you asked him to do a solo episode with him. I think him doing a solo—
0: I'm pretty sure people listening to the show right now are going, you know what, that'd be really interesting to hear more about Arun's backstory, to hear right. him go back and forth, a little bit of banter. I think they will, I think they would like that. Odun, I think there's a lot of value in that. Arun. Why
1: would it, you be offended it, by that? It wasn't it. That's he wasn't offended by it. But if you do want to see Oduna on the show with a one on one with Chris, leave a comment down below on the YouTube channel. Let us know. We're wedding for you, leave a comment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's yeah. A, we know you haven't take done your it yet. time. Yeah, yeah, we're waiting. <laughs> yeah, we know you haven't done it yet. But so that savings of $147 a month equates to $1,700 per year and $50,000 over the lifetime of a loan. So I under, I would understand why people are going to wait for rates to come down a little bit. Um, but I just think that ultimately it's going to cause more bidding wars again.
0: Yeah, it, it probably will in the beginning, and I think mm-hmm. that's a short-term problem. Yeah, I I think as you start getting up, this pent-up demand goes away. You can't have this pent up constant demand in perpetuity. If something's gonna have like an inflection point where people are just like, I'm not doing this. And we saw a little bit in the pandemic. People were like, this is fucking nuts. Right. I'm not gonna keep trying to get a bid.
1: But I mean, how many lenders out there are gonna be pulling back and maybe not wanting to get into this space because they're afraid of people going underwater?
0: Mm. Great, great, great detail to add into our continuing list of, of things to talk about here. 10 year treasury. The two-year Treasury yield curve inversion is still pretty significant. You're going to see the treasury, Treasuries push up, and as they push up, you're going to wind up seeing some of that happen. We're in a liquidity tightening cycle where banks are unwilling or unable to push out liquidity into the markets and make loans. It's not a credit tightening cycle yet. But, as Said was alluding to, this article according to Market Watch, U.S. bank lending declines for the second straight week. Powell, Jerome Powell, our, our friend. JP from the hood. Jerome Powell, the FOMC, the head <laughs> of the FOMC. You cut its head off and two more of those fuckers grow back. Powell says tighter credit will be headwind for the economy. Mm. And he's not wrong. What he's trying to allude to, and this is a great chart from Fred data from the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. It shows. Commercial and industrial loans, all commercial banks, and it shows a pretty interesting drop-off in in the activity, in the lending Are you playing activity. playing footsie with me? Yeah, I am. You like that? <laughs> a little
1: doink, 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 doink. <laughs> what like, the fuck just happened? Yeah, I touched your toes <laughs> with my
0: toes. Uh, and for those of you who like foot fetishes, this is not the not really my toes. It's our shoes touched. They kissed. Yeah. Not our bare feet. I'm not, I was told, I'm allowed to wear bare feet on the show anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the majority of you find my toes unappealing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got whipped into shape. Who knew? Yeah, who yeah.
0: knew? In any event, so clearly banks are not lending as much as they once were. I should say
1: community banks.
0: It turns out that the large government-sponsored banks, are the, the GSIBs, I should say. Yeah. Global Systematic important, important Banks. Global Systematic yeah. I, I, so I many, got you on this one. There's so
1: many acronyms in what we do. It can I, become very... I, just, think, I think that's why people want to tune into us, because they want us to just break this shit down. The Important Banks... Yeah, the That's big it. ones. The big ones. The
0: big ones. Yeah, the ones on the corner. The Wells, the Chase, the Cities, the B yeah. of A. Yeah. They are actually still lending uh, at a pretty good cadence, probably a little bit more than than, than uh, they otherwise were before. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to grow their their market share. And as a result, I think net lending is about the same. I was trying to get the the numbers, but the, the, mm-hmm. these don't really report that well. The best I can tell, you got the the GSIB's lending as much, if not a little bit more, than they were, and you have the regional banks lending a little bit less, and the net effect is kind of neutral. But I do think what comes next is a credit tightening cycle where people are going to get real choosy of who they lend to and how. And I think you're already starting to see a lot of M and A activity because banks are pivoting towards huge amounts of profitability.
1: Well, I, we know that the regional banks are pulling back for now. They're just waiting to find out what the Fed ends up doing, where they would decide to call it at, right? Um, and then that'll be when they decide whether they want to deploy their, their funds into the market or not. And economists are really paying attention to this type of data because unlike, unlike the fed, if banks decide to provide a a credit crunch, I think it's going to rapidly increase the pace of inflation coming down. You'll see unemployment go up. Businesses will start to shut down even more. Bankruptcies will come up even more. Um, it wouldn't be a bad thing,
0: honestly. I know it sounds bad because those things sound negative. To be honest but- with you,
1: I, if I were a betting man, I bet you the FOMC members were hoping that this would happen sooner.
0: Yeah, that, that is, well, in Jerome Powell's own quote from his last press conference, you've got credit lending conditions tight and getting a little tighter. A little tighter. Side. You've got weak demand, as in not strong.
1: You having trouble reading this? No.
0: I'm just trying to emphasize tighter and weak. Oh. Okay. And you know, it gives a picture of a pretty tight credit conditions
1: in the economy. What's up with him and using the word tight? He likes the word tight. He likes it. Yeah. Tight and weak. Hot. He's a hot labor market. He says that a lot. Powell said uh, at his press conference on Wednesday following the central bank's decision to raise interest rates once again. You think this is Jerome Powell's way of like, yo, we got to make this shit sexy. Yeah, hey, started he's hot, tight. No, I think he... Um, he's looking at the FOMC members like, man, y'all ain't cutting it. I need to put some little spice into this. Come
0: on. <laughs> Trust me, that guy doesn't have anything salacious in his internet search history. Nothing? Nothing.
1: Come on, what's the worst thing in his internet search history? His
0: own name. <laughs> he Googles his own name like daily like one son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, he's looking at the comment section.
0: Yeah. I guarantee you no social media for him. Zero. Doesn't even know how to use a Twitter, or now X.
1: X. Yeah. Oh, we never even got into that. X gonna give it to you.
0: You know he's gonna you, play that, Oh, right? you like, got to. You know he's gonna play that. <laughs> that's like, brilliant. That, that's his rollout music. That is brilliant. Yeah. That, that's gonna happen.
1: 100%. Can you imagine
0: if DMX were alive? Suing him for copyright infringement? What are your thoughts on that? Why do you think he did that? Um, I think he did that because he's always wanted the X everything app, and this is his way of starting it. Apparently this... Whole X app idea goes all the way back to like PayPal and some of the like yeah. original conversations he had, had before selling previous companies. No
1: one's buying in though. Uh,
0: I don't know. if They're not buying in. They're just they're very different environments. What the fuck is that? A
1: What is this? Oh, this is the FOMC. That's it? the team. That's, That's squad. the team right there. That's Hashtag the whole squad. squad. We got BoStick right here. We got Waller up there. We got Kashkari in the back. Yeah, you can tell <laughs> he's one of <with> alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> don't be insensitive to those with alopecia, Chris
0: <laughs> Let me just tell you right now This is the sad part, okay? And I don't mean this any disrespect
1: We got the lady from Cleveland What, what was her? Yeah, Mester?
0: Yeah, I don't know her name This does not look like a representative sample Of, like, the American working population It yeah. really doesn't No These people do not look like they have traditional jobs But you know what? I hope, I hope they know what they're doing, because as, as,
1: as it feels right now, it feels like they're a little disconnected. It does feel like they're disconnected. So we didn't actually get a chance to talk about this, because um, the the Fed, uh, FOMC meeting, the last one where they raised it 25 basis points, it came out two days before the PCE report came out. Yeah, you know me. You know me. Other people's PCE. Yes, yes sir. And if we remember correctly... This is the, the primary indicator that the Fed is starting to look at, core PCE. So he sent me a text like, wow, yeah." when it came out. <laughs> right when it came out, I was like, holy cow, the Fed messed up here. So it came out two days after the FOMC meeting. If you remember correctly, this portion of inflation has remained the stickiest. And this is the indicator that they've been looking at and citing the most, right? January, February, March, April, May of 2023, hovering around 46 to 4.7%. This last month, June, came out. Core inflation of PCE, 4.1%. Finally made an indent after all this time. And you're wondering, man, shouldn't the FOMC held off for a little bit longer? I kept saying, man, they should have waited at least one
0: more meeting to have a little bit more data before making the decision. Right. I firmly believe one month's data was not enough to tell them if the economy was pivoting. Right. It's just like in the best visual I can give people – If you're trying to turn a massive boat, I used to say the Titanic, but given that it's happened recently, I think it's a little insensitive to say that. But if you're trying to turn a massive boat, right, you turn the wheel, it takes a long time for it to start changing its course. Versus a smaller boat, you turn the wheel, the thing just pivots right. Right. You know, so for them to think that they've done all these things to turn the wheel and they're going to keep turning it, it's like, well, don't you want to see if it's heading the right direction first? Right. And yet they seem almost
1: committed to, like, we have to turn it this much in order to turn the wheel, but they don't know that to be true. They And them hoping to reach a soft landing, I got some news for you. God damn, your handoff game tonight has been just fucking good. Let's
0: rub those fuzzy knuckles. Right there. All right. According to Reuters, clock on Fed soft landing may already be ticking, and this is the crescendo that I've been alluding to the entire show of the the bigger conversation topic that I wanted to get into.
1: Man, this was such a great article, and some of the, the data that you're going to be citing here in a second was like,
0: it's good food for thought, right? Great. It's that that mind blowing stuff where you get like,
1: oh shit. <laughs> yeah, they're really going to fumble the bag yeah, here.
0: The bag may have already been fumbled.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Arun, do you know the reference to the bag fumbling?
2: No. Wow. Oh,
0: so you never you've never fumbled the bag. Never fumbled the bag. I think you should Google that real quick. That's 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 uh, show worthy. That's that's financially. Yeah. Important information.
1: Trust the source, urbandictionary.com.
0: Yeah, we just have to be very careful when reading it most of the time.
1: No examples.
0: Th- it's no. Okay. Like their, their definitions are fine. Like, okay, fumble the bag. When you majorly fuck up something, <laughs> Ted and Bob let exams get to them this year. They continued to fumble the bag, and y'all hate to see it. <laughs>
2: Damn, that was a bad example. They
1: could have done done so much better. I think
0: my understanding of fumbling the bag meant you lost, you made a mistake that cost you
1: money. Mm, Yeah. So you fumbled the bag of money. Right. Urban
0: Dictionary fucked that one up. Yeah. So uh,
1: useless sports information here. There you go.
0: Fumble the bag, definition two miss out on the chance to make money or fuck something up in the process of getting money, causing you to not be able to get said money. You had a chance to rob him and you didn't. That why has it got to be robbed? This is bro? terrible. <laughs> that's so fucking. terrible. <laughs> ter- oh, dude, that's how was you fumble so the good. bag. Yeah, was
1: it's, it's so oh, dude, back me up on this. Probably one of the number one ways, number one examples of somebody fumbling the bag was when Isaiah Thomas on the Boston Celtics decided to play through injury when during his like MVP candidate season gets hurt and he was up for a contract renewal and then they didn't give him the 200 million dollar contract
0: that is a fumble the bag and that is an
1: incredibly weird waste of memory what no that's so sad cuz that should you teach you it? that should teach you look you're in the business of being an athlete you should have taken care of your body and not is it I, uh Bronny
0: James had the, the cardiovascular the heart issue
1: yeah don't we got chris just chris you to knew say that don't don't be no, that guy I, I just remember it was don't, bronny or don't. bryce i didn't know which one the name was oh shut up oh, god yes bronny did he have Bronnie. a legit heart, heart attack? We cardiac arrest. I mean, is that the definition of a heart attack? I think so. Yeah. How does he have a heart attack? He's so healthy. Maybe not. So I'm healthier than Bronny James. Is that what let's, we're saying?
0: Let's not push him.: Hold on. Hey, Let, he had a cardiac arrest.
1: I didn't. Yeah, but you don't know what they're making him do. It was hot in the gym probably.
0: What do you mean? Come on. I'm pretty sure we would all have cardiac arrest. if We were doing half the shit that kid was doing.
1: What is Le- LeBron James? God, can you imagine me and LeBron James getting that phone call? God, That's terrifying.
0: I think anybody getting that phone call would be terrified.
1: No, I'm just saying, Le- LeBron's that's LeBron's son. Think about it, like, all the money in the world, like, all that goes out the window. So in your mind, if you were wealthy, you shouldn't have those things happen to you, just to be clear? No, I'm just saying, like, if you're LeBron James, like, even that should show you, like, he probably feels invincible at times on top of the world. Wow, so because you have money, you feel invincible. I'm at sure times. at times, yeah. I mean, this, this guy's
0: the best, arguably the I mean, best. This is why we can't have nice things, <laughs> okay? <laughs>
1: We got nice things. <laughs> you mean the art that your wife hates? <laughs> Take that bag of shit down. Yeah. She said. Yeah. Go ahead. And leave us another comment if you don't like this piece <laughs> love, of art. I love that piece of art. I right, so do I. All
0: right. So from Reuters, the clock of the Fed's soft landing may already be ticking, as I mentioned earlier. But in the quest for a soft landing, where inflation falls without a recession or a big job loss, the other half of the conversation of when to cut rates and lighten the pressure on households and business will be just as important as perhaps even harder to get right. And in the three recessions prior to the coronavirus pandemic, which if you've listened to the show, you know we call bullshit. That is not a true pandemic. or Sorry, that is not a true recession, okay? Even though it was called a recession later on by the National Bureau of Economic Research, who has been uncharacteristically fucking quiet since literally a year and a half ago. Right. They they all like... Retired? I don't know what they're doing over there. Yeah, they're just like, you know what? We're not going to comment on any of this shit for like at least five years.
1: They're doing like, I don't know, psychological surveys on what the pandemic did to people. Can
0: you imagine if you're the National Bureau of Economic Research? You know what? We're not going to respond this year. We'll wait till next year. What are y'all doing in between?
1: When it no longer matters. It's like when they report on GDP like three months later, you're like, yeah, we
0: revised it up. Nobody fucking cares,
1: bro. It's too late. I'm worried about, now I'm worried about this quarter. Now I'm
0: worried about this quarter's GDP. Y'all fucked me in the last one.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, In the three recessions prior to the coronavirus pandemic, 1990 to 1991, the 2001 tech recession, and the 2007 through 2009, the Great Recession, the U.S. Central Bank reached its peak rate level and had begun reducing borrowing costs anywhere from three to 13 months ahead Of what proved to be the start of a downturn.
1: So, for reference, that would be like right now. Right now, our Fed funds rate is at five and a quarter to five and a half percent, and that would mean three to thirteen months from now they would they would hold it for that long,
0: assuming they cut rates during the next meeting. Yeah. So that's what they're saying here, right? It had reached its peak levels and had begun reducing borrowings anywhere from three to 13 months ahead of what proved to be the start of a downturn. So for everybody who's celebrating a soft landing or the possibility of missing a recession, the the last three recessions have told us very clearly you were celebrating anywhere between three and 13 months, if not slightly longer too early. The data says this is when this happens. Okay. That shows both how hard it is to arrest a slide I don't know why it says that, but that's sure once it begins and how difficult it is to match the slow moving effects of monetary policy with what the economy might need months in the future. So for everybody who's got this false sense of security, this optimism in the markets, who thinks that there is not going to be a recession and even Moody's analytics, as much as they rely on them, a lot of their modeling suggests a recession can and may very well likely be avoided. I would say that is all a very, very big leap of faith, but nowhere near as stupid as the leap of faith of Zillow saying that home price is going to go up the values that they've suggested.
1: To make matters worse, they, the article went on to cite um, Antulio Bomfim, plus one for the name. That's why I didn't put it in the, in the show notes. I can't say that name. But he, former special advisor to the Fed Board of Governors, a.k.a. a big deal, he has their ear. What did he go on to say? Fed officials would still, even after knowing all of this, would still rather make the mistake of going too far to be sure inflation is controlled than to stop short and risk its rebound. And Jerome Powell said that. Yeah. We'd rather go too far and risk a recession than not go far enough. Because we talked about it, I believe, uh, two episodes ago, Mm -hmm. by the time this episode airs, that they don't want to have what happened in the 1970s happen all over again. Right? Where there's a a resurgence in inflation, making it ultimately that much more difficult, way more difficult to tame it.
0: But it wasn't the '70s; it happened in the early '80s as
1: well. Right, the double dip, the double dip. Doink doink. Yeah. doink doink. What what was what this? What the hell, Chris? <laughs> Double dip. You can't you can't just do that. Expect me to let just, it go. I just coined my own my own Wait, phrase. This this is double dip now. Double dip, baby. <laughs> double dipping. No. <laughs> no. What does that mean to you? No double dipping double dip chips double dip your chips you what? are you are that guy too. We've been on restaurants and I've seen you double dip. I don't appreciate that. I don't double dip chips. you double dip chips. I do no such thing. I see all the time. First of all, I don't eat chips. That's a lie.
0: I just drink the salsa <laughs> okay I'm fit
1: yeah you've been what have you been what have you been doing now in the office What have you been eating uh I
0: mean normally yeah. If I go down, well, if I, if I don't bring my own food, which is usually the case, I'll go down to the sushi place and I'll get like five pieces of sashimi and some uh, sushi rice. Mm. It's kind of my go-to. Five pieces. Is that enough protein? Yeah, it's about five five ounces. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is not ideal, but, you know, it's enough to get me through. Now, keep in mind, I need like three of those throughout the day to meet my protein status. Okay.
1: Mm. Oh, here we go. Oh, this also from Urban Dictionary. Double dip. <laughs> I don't know if I can read this. I got uh, proof. Do I, we have time to proofread this? Uh, nothing bad,
2: I already read it. Ah. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> Double dip. It is considered an offense in many households and many parties. Not all.
0: Okay. So it's good. It's good to know.
1: Yeah. All right. You want me to read the example? Yeah, it's all funny. It's Seinfeld. Okay. Seinfeld. You a Seinfeld guy? Oh, big time. Never really? watched
0: never watched it while it was actually airing, mm-hmm. but after they stopped airing, I watched, a, you know, Every time it was rerun on. Mm-hmm. I never watched it, like, in order or, like, all the seasons or anything. But, I, you know, I've seen it yeah, from time to time. Okay. Yeah, big fan.
1: I, I learned to appreciate it later. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, Partygoer, what are you doing? George, what? Partygoer, did did you just double dip that chip? George, excuse me? Partygoer, you double dipped the chip. George, double dipped? Well, what are you talking about? Partygoer, you dipped you dip the chip. You took a bite and you dipped again. George, so? Party Gore. That's like putting your whole mouth right in the dip. Look, from now on, when you take a chip, just take one dip and end it. I mean, I felt like we could've done without reading that example. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know why he read it. He said it's funny. Go ahead and read it.
0: I think he just meant the the scenario right above that. There was a one sentence that said it was from Seinfeld. I don't think he, he wanted you to read the actual back and forth quote.
1: Oh, dude? It's all good. Yes he did.
0: See <laughs> so he did he, because he's Trying to really be harsh on me and nice on you. He didn't want to tell you that that's, that's not what he wanted you to do. And you didn't have to keep saying party goer. Really? You could have just read the dialogue. We would have gotten who was speaking. I don't, I don't think you would have gotten it. You read stories of kids before? No. No? <laughs> that's how I was those
1: No, that's one of my favorite things to
0: do. You just don't ever do it?
1: No, I, right now with Adam, we, he's on chapter books. And yeah. I actually, he's at a point now where I sit with him while he reads the books. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, well. He's a really good reader. As he should be. Why? Because your wife's doing it, not you. I'm doing it. Yeah, that's not true. You're right. I'm over here. Yeah. Slave working away. Abandoning those kids. <laughs> <laughs> daddy, remember you when you used to be my daddy? Yeah. Man. That was
0: fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can go into more articles that Saeed put up. But who cares?
1: No, I already incorporated all mine into the show. I know. Mm-hmm. I was just ending the spiteful note. <laughs> a spiteful note. You ready for vacation, brother? I am not ready for vacation. Where are you taking the kids and the wife? We're going to Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. This was planned about a year ago. Last time, we were going to the same the same place we went to last time.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, two places down from the fancy resort you stayed at. So we're like the forgotten child. But what still island? nice. What island are you staying at? Oahu. Oh. Yeah. Like two resorts down from Olani. Aulani. Aulani. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Hey, didn't you go there? Yeah. Oh, okay. With the wife. I was like, did I confuse that with somebody else? I think
0: I walked past your hotel. It's, yeah. It's a really weird area, that, that side of the island. Is it? Yeah. I mean, compared to, I guess, like Waikiki, everything else. My different. kids,
1: uh, it spoiled my kids, though. because yeah, it has beautiful. it's got a little lagoon, and now they they don't want to go to a beach that doesn't have a lagoon. I'm like, what is this?
0: Yeah, lagoon's nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'm excited. I'm excited to spend some time with them. They specifically asked me to not work on the podcast while I'm on vacation. Well, it's going to be sad when you break their hearts. <laughs> You know, <laughs> duty calls. Yeah. You
0: know, not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. yeah. So for one of the episodes, Odun's going to have to step in. I was hoping that he would. Odun, did you want to do that? Or are you, just, you still going to Let's gonna do be, it. Is that your official commitment?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Done. Made it. I'm we, taking made, it. we made him commit on the show live. You heard it, everyone.
0: He's doing a show. And if you don't hear it, it's because we killed each other before it aired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which may happen. <laughs> Fucking kill you.
2: Oh, well, we need comments, remember? That
1: was the deal. We need a few comments on this YouTube. Yeah, leave us a couple comments down below. Logan, we know you'll be first. Yeah, so we will. We'll we appreciate you always supporting <laughs> the show. Uh yeah. I'm
0: going to let you guys continue to beg for comments because I don't need to do that anymore. Why? I've risen above it. You have? Because I know that us doing this, no one actually does it. <laughs> like your whole like, subscribe, leave an honest five-star review. I mean we got you, honest, used, to,
1: you used to be on board with that. No more I huh? know I
0: was. But then I think I think we've hit that point where now we've got a we need we need to get some tchotchkes.
1: Some what? Tchotchkes. What are those? I have no we idea. We need to
0: find a way to incorporate giving away a gift for a lucky winner uh, should they leave uh, a review.
1: Like we need to motivate. Properly. The mind motivate. pump way. The mind pump way.
0: Pay homage to our mentors.
1: Hmm. All right, we'll brainstorm. Okay. Well, you got any ideas that you thought of? Since take you
0: them out thought to dinner. This? Huh?
2: Take them out to
1: dinner. Yeah,
0: well, you're going to take them out to dinner. All three of us. Bro, who's buying? You, what card. do you mean? You, bro. Black Wait, card. You, you got the black card. You live in card. a palazzo. You got black the black card. You have a driveway.
1: <laughs> you have you three. Have a Tesla. Yeah.
0: No, I had a Tesla. Battery, have, the battery broke today. You
1: have five cars. Yeah.
0: Okay, there's only one With two more on the way.
1: With two more on the way.
0: That's not true. You don't have to do the math. Okay. Okay, I have three. Plus two more on the way. That's five.
1: Yeah. Damn! I took a guess. Really? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Thank you. I'm proud of you.
0: I'm proud of you.
2: Wait, you only have three right now?
0: Technically, I only have two right now. No, the Beamer. Uh, the BMW and the Datsun. The Datsun, yeah. Oh, the two show cars. Tesla, Beamer, the Jeep, Datsun. Oh, and the, the, the Rivian,
1: Tesla. You got the Rivian. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Rivian. I mean, Rivian gets delivered in October.
1: You excited for that? You've been waiting a long time. I
0: might not. I might not take delivery. I gotta figure something out. Mm. Uh, the Hummer coming at the same time, and uh, whichever one gets here first, that's the one I'm taking. Winner, 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 chicken dinner. All right. Yeah. All right, call it, boys. Oh, do you got anything else? Nope. We good. Have a safe trip, brother. What he's trying to say is, we are good, and you should travel safe. His close friend.
1: <laughs> well done. Good night, everybody. Bye.